Have you ever wondered what it takes to be a great boss? Well, you're not alone, and I'm here to help you find the answers. I'm Talmar Anderson, and welcome to Rock Your Bossitude. On this podcast, we will be diving headfirst into the people side of business, because I firmly believe that's where the magic happens. Each episode will feature candid interviews with fellow bosses who have gone from small business owners to thriving CEOs. Plus, I'll share actionable training to help you rock your own journey. Whether it's your first hire or you simply want to enhance your own boss skills, Rock Your Bossitude can act as your trusted compass. So are you ready to rock your bossitude? Yeah, you are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rock Your Bossitude. I'm excited to share this time with you. This is one of our solo shows, and what that means is you get all Talmar, all insights, and all the things that you can be thinking about or actually acting on to get different results from the team, the people around you, the support, the help that you know you need to grow your business successfully. Today, we are talking about how we got the title before we knew the job. Now, I'm asking you, if you're driving, only raise one hand, but raise your hand if when you decided to be a business owner, to go out on your own, whether that was starting as an independent contractor or a freelancer, did you, did you really consciously make the decision of, yep, I'm going to be a boss. I'm going to take the time to plan out and make sure I only hire the right people and have an understanding of how I'm going to judge success so that the team and the individuals I bring on can be successful and my business will grow at the same time. Raise your hand if that was what you said yes to when you started going out and thinking, I'm going to build my own business. Here's the thing. I don't need to see you. Literally none of you thought that. None of you were thinking about the fact that as you went down this journey and you found success as a business owner, it meant you needed to step more fully into that boss role. Because as soon as you created your own entity, this individual business, this thing that is outside of you, although we don't always feel like it, again, we'll talk about that a different day, but this entity needs more than you can give it. And we need to have the right people around us to make sure we don't burn out and that we are giving the best results to our clients and our customers and that we are showing up in a way that lets us take advantage of opportunities and possibilities. That's what we're looking for. We had a dream to impact our our clients in a bigger way. We wanted our customers to get the results or the feelings or the wonderful fabulous experiences that we offer, we were, we were motivated by what we knew this business could do for others. And yet we didn't take the time to consciously understand that we were stepping into a role that meant that we were going to have to both decide who was the right fit for our company, much less inspire them through days of difficult or just challenging issues personally or professionally. Yeah, as a boss, we we have to deal with the personal side too. And I know that can be challenging. But here's what I want you to hear from today's episode. Being a boss can be the best thing 
ever. I'm telling you, if you are fortunate enough to be a business owner and you take the time to really step into your role consciously, purposefully, intentionally, with a plan and with an understanding of how you can show up to both expect from your team and protect your team, you have every chance at scaling your business to whatever that looks like, whether that's a $100,000 a year business or a million dollar a year business or a $10 million a year business. I, I firmly believe that we need to build business the way you want, boss. This is about you. And, and a business and teams are best served by a boss who taps into understanding themselves. That's how you'll get a team that you like working with. That's how you'll get a team that compliments you. And that's how you'll get a team that truly can help you grow this business without having to have it all on your own shoulders, without trying to figure out how to get through the to-do list and try to get a little sleep, without having to worry about your own health versus actually showing up for all the clients that have said yes. We want you to have people around you. And let me be clear, you'll hear me say this many times as you listen to this uh, fabulous podcast, which I know you're going to subscribe to as soon as you're fun- done with this episode. But as we go through, you're going to continually hear me say that your team includes your vendors, your independent contractors, and your employees. And what this means to me is that anyone you let influence your business success which is what you're doing when you're hiring someone to read into you, to team members, or deliver a result that you believe your company needs, you're letting them define whether you will be successful or not. And if we think of it that way, instead of begging and hoping that that all these people will come work for us, these people that had successes in other places or someone we know or someone we've been following on social media, and we find out that, oh, they use this SEO company. Maybe they'll work for you, but maybe they won't. Maybe they're an SEO company that specializes in lawn care and your company sells widgets, right? That's not, it's not the same audience. If you, if people are buying your widgets, whether blue or yellow, that is a different audience and reaction and searching mechanism than somebody that's looking for lawn care. And, and I say this because I want you to understand that everyone that you hire or engage or contract with, it is your responsibility to make sure you vet them beforehand. That's how we get success. I think the big aha I really want you to take away from this is that just because someone has been successful for another company does not absolutely mean they will be successful in yours. And I know that stinks because that's one of our high things that we're looking for. We're like, oh, look, you know, our best friend uh, in business owner had great success with this fabulous bookkeeper. I'm going to hire that bookkeeper. And sometimes that works, but it has to be part of your whole understanding of what success is for you, right? What do you like from your bookkeeper's boss? It might be very different than what your best friend likes. Maybe your best friend wants to have lots of meetings and talk about it with the bookkeepers and really strategize on how you're going to categorize different expenses. And you might be the kind of boss that really wants to just have someone that can explain the report, meet with you once a month, 
but has a little more expertise and therefore can direct a lot of the actions instead of follow your lead. Someone that will lead a little more, bring expertise. Those are two different kinds of bookkeepers and you need to know which works best for you. And then you need to know how are you going to have them prove that to you, right? There's a lot to learning. I know, I know, I know. It, it's, it can be very overwhelming. I know I felt it myself when I was building my business. And I still can at certain stages feel that overwhelm. But here's, let's take a deep breath and talk about it. As a boss, what is your job? Because if we can get clear on your job, you can help everybody else get clear on their job. So the first thing I want you to think about is you got to like telling people what you do and don't want. And that seems to be a little bit of a hard jump for some people. What do you think we should do, team? What do you think we should do? That accommodation, while helpful, is not in your best interest. It is in your best interest to create and collect ideas, but it is in your best interest to make the decision that you know aligns with where you're going. So I call that steering the ship. A boss's main role is to steer the ship. Know where we're trying to get to. You don't always need to know how exactly we're getting there. We can get that influence from other people on the team. But if we know where we're trying to go, now we can back into the kinds of people we might need and what they need to bring to give us those results. So the very first thing that you can do is spend time understanding where you want this business to go. And a lot of us start with, well, I know what I don't want. And that counts. But I I challenge you to start to shift your perspective into what do I want? What does success look like? You're going to hear me talk about that a lot in this podcast. I really believe that if we plan for success, that's how we find it. It's when we keep trying to avoid the things we don't want, which is good. We don't need to do the things we don't want to do. But if we only are just trying to swerve and avoid things, we're not actually progressing. You have to know where we're going. How will you know you're successful? And that changes for us as our business grow, as we make our first $1,000 month, and then we make a $10,000 month, and it goes on and on from there. So your goals are going to change. And as the boss, as a business owner, as somebody that's going to have to ask people for results that will allow your business to be successful. It's in your best interest to continually be in tune and working on what is my vision and how am I going to communicate that? That's the first responsibility. The second responsibility in my mind is to 100% take the time and your energy to continually understand and improve how to build the right team. A kick-ass team is what we call it. But it's about finding the right people for you. And if there is a lesson I'm trying to get across, it's what is right for your best business friend does not mean it will be right for you. It could, but it still takes you sitting down and saying, I need to be ranked number one on my SEO within the next three months. And I want to make sure that for sure I'm ranked above my competitors X, Y, and Z. And if we can say that clearly, and we can start to talk to people that deliver SEO, and then we, yes, have to consider budget. Of course, there's people that could deliver that fast for us, but that's going to be a big budget, right? And then there's people that are still in the area, and they're learning, 
and they have experience maybe um, in an adjacent industry, but not your exact industry. And yet you can talk to previous um, clients of theirs, or if it's an employee, previous employers, and see how they delivered those results. It's really getting other people's perspective and taking the time to be able to collect data. I know it doesn't sound sexy, but these conversations, this is your opportunity to collect data on how these companies deliver results, what it's like to work with them, and if they're going to align with where you're going with your company. Do they fully align as a match for the vision you have and the way you like to do business and the people you serve? This is your job. And of all the things I see people putting off, I know you'll be surprised, it breaks my little heart, is learning how to hire and manage the right team. This is a skill set. If we're, if we're so lucky as to be successful, if we're so lucky as to do it all right, or even some of it right, and, and the clients start coming in, and the money starts growing, and the opportunity to impact more is growing, You're going to need to know how to manage these teams, how to communicate with them, how to direct them, how to tell them when they're doing something you don't like, you don't think is a match. doesn't mean you don't like them, but you have to learn how to communicate these things and how to make it effective and motivating, not demoralizing or demeaning, right? There's a lot to it. Learning how to hold a team accountable and inspire them. Yeah, it's once you get it, I promise it's not as hard as you think. It's that we feel like we have to just suffer through all the mistakes. And that's the only way to step into a truly being a great boss. I got to tell you, I disagree with that. I think that there are a lot of things that we can change and a lot of things that we can do differently. And hopefully you're going to pick up some of those through this podcast as we continue to grow it. But understand this. If you're lucky enough to be successful and grow, you will always need to be hiring and managing. Yeah, always. It's as important as you having an annual marketing budget. You need to have annual hiring and management time. And what that means oftentimes is we have to hire others to take more off of our plates so we can step more fully into that role. Now, yes, I know a lot of people are like, can't I just hire someone? Tell me why. Why can't I just hire someone to do all the hiring for me? I just, I hate that stuff. And I can see you rolling your eyes and, you know, just getting very upset and stressed out at the idea of evaluating whether somebody is a good fit for you or not. That's just because you don't have the experience yet or you don't have a process yet. These are things that you can learn. And I'm telling you, your company needs it. So yes, you could have a second in command learn this, but you are still going to be fundamentally in charge of defining what the right team looks like, not physically looks, of course, what kind of characteristics, what core values, what sense of urgency they bring to projects, how they talk to clients. This all has to come from you because this is your business. You have a clear vision and we have to learn how to communicate that to others. So even if you're hiring a second in command, you still need to step into your boss role so that one, you hire the right second in command. I can tell you, unfortunately, I've worked with clients that suffered from having the wrong second in command come in and just ruin their business, their reputation, and this beautiful culture they had built and had to start all over. 
So be mindful. There is hiring that you will have to always do, even if it's surrounding yourself with the best possible experts so they can run this business. You're going to want to step into your boss role. So that's the second most important thing. The first one is the vision. The second one is really understanding how do we hire and how do we manage and how do we show up for the team so they can be successful. And the third thing I would love for you to consider a big part of your job. The third thing is understand that the more you can allow the team to provide the success, the more you can just ask them, what tools do you need? Give them the tools that you know they need to start with and then keep that access point open so that you are consistently going to the team members and saying, how can I help you be more successful? If you can take your perspective as a boss, instead of saying, how can I get this done and be successful into how can I help my people be successful? That's the whole mission of my company, Boss Actions. A boss provides the tools, the team builds success. So yeah, a boss has to learn how to manage and communicate exactly what you want so that we can help them understand what success looks like. That's the job. Define success. That does take some time and energy. It does take some planning. But once you get in the habit and you have some process under you, it gets much easier and much more fun. And then you're surrounded by this beautiful team, whether it's independent contractors, a couple of vendors, or one or two employees. I'm telling you, it will always be in flux. You will always have a mix of these types of individuals. But if you're making your job about creating more space to be more available for the team and giving them what they need, we hand off more of the different roles that we have. We stop doing our own bookkeeping, our own marketing. We find the people that are really successful beyond us and bring them into our team and just show up for them, for those people, so they can show up huge for our clients. Whew, that's a, it's a really fun day. I promise you, you don't get out of bed going, oh, I got to go meet with my team. You're like, heck yeah, let's get there. I'm going to stop and get donuts on the way. Okay, maybe not donuts. I'm not a donut person. I know it's very controversial. We'll talk about that a different day. But getting to do things for your team and with your team and helping your team, it's one of the best benefits of being a boss. So don't let it freak you out. Don't let it worry you. It doesn't have to be hard. You just don't know the answer yet. Find a resource. If not us, there's great business coaches out there. There's great, you know, um, the SBA, Small Business Association. There's, There's tons of resources out there. But know that this is a piece, an area you can constantly be improving in so that your business can grow and you can actually have more fun and people around you will find success. It's just telling you guys, it's the best part of being a boss. Thank you for your time. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll talk to you next time. And oh, if you have ideas that you would like to hear, drop them in the comments. I'm happy to do more shows on exactly what you want to hear so that we can help you feel more confident, more in control of your resources and enjoying being that kick-ass boss. Boss on. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. If this episode helped you, be sure to share it with a friend or another business owner that you think would benefit from listening to this podcast. 
Share this episode and any questions on social media with the hashtag RockYourBossitudePodcast and let us know what you want us to be talking about. Until next time, remember, you've got what it takes to be an amazing boss. Boss on!